Saludos and salutations, Broncos country, and welcome to another exciting episode of Broncos Talk. I'm your host, Adan Diaz, and ladies and gentlemen, before we kick off today's show, just want to wish everybody a very happy new year, and that sounded a lot better the first two times I did. <laughs> I swear I've been rehearsing this intro, and I think this is the best uh, This is the best one out of all of them, so happy new year, guys. Hope you guys had a very, very fruitful and enjoyable 2022 i know it's what nine days after the fact but i do feel bad because uh i was supposed to upload after the arizona game but unfortunately the holidays came a little bit quicker than i expected and when i came back i unfortunately got sick uh from my trip from texas Actually, my whole family got sick. Nothing COVID, just <laughs> your standard cold. So uh, throughout this broadcast, you may hear me kind of <clears throat> cough or clear my throat a little more often than usual or maybe even sneeze. It's not as bad as it was the last couple of days, but thankfully I'm on the mend and I'm starting to feel better. And uh, just just want to let you guys know what I've been up to and why there hasn't been any new episodes loaded up since the Cardinals game, I believe. Yeah. So a lot has happened since then, and we're going to try to get to the bottom of everything. Going to recap as much as I can from that moment up until now. And before we continue, guys, just want to let you guys know if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at a six foot ten Mexican. I'm always welcoming new followers. I'm always up for talking football. Uh, hit me up and, you know, let's talk. Uh, for any business inquiries at BroncosTalk2020 at gmail.com. I don't know why I picked 2020 when I made that, but <laughs> it made sense at the time, even though it's two years after the fact. But anyway, guys, Broncos season 2022 is officially in the books. And as I look at my sheet to my left, it's the sheet that I made with my predictions. I predicted that the Broncos at the end of the season, the regular season, the Broncos would be 12 and 5. And the result is the Broncos are 5 and 12. As of this recording, the Broncos won their game against the Chargers, a game which I slated. I had the Chargers, uh, I had the Broncos winning. I'm sorry. And to kind of recap, uh, the Week 17 game against Kansas City, I had the Broncos losing, and unfortunately I was right. And the game against the Raiders, I had the Broncos uh, losing that game, unfortunately, and I was right. And then the Arizona game, I had the Broncos winning, and I was right. So the last four games, I actually was correct. Uh, as much as I didn't want to be against the, the Rams and uh, well, Kansas City, first time around I thought we were gonna win so that's the last time I was wrong but like I said let's try to get as much as we can with what time we got so until the continuation of the next football season the next uh, episodes going forward for the remainder for a good part of the year are not gonna be you know divided in half like I normally do so they're gonna be just full-on rants so you will have to get your con uh, concessions and all that good stuff at the beginning before this show starts so uh but you can always put me on pause after all this is a recorded uh, podcast so um but i just want to let you guys know that that's going to be like that until the week one of the 2023 foot broncos football season yeah uh so that arizona game it was the battle of the backups a game that <laughs> Back in the in the training camp, if somebody would have told you it was going to be the battle of the backups between uh, Mc, was it McSurley? Yeah, I think it was McSurley and uh, uh, Brett Rippin that they probably would have laughed at you because it was supposed to be Russell Wilson versus Kyler Murray. But the football gods bestowed that wonderful game upon us. And excuse me, but that game was one of Brett Rippin's better games because he actually did enough for the Broncos to get the win. Now, it wasn't his best game per se. I still say that that Jets game was not like the best, best, 
but he played a really good first half against the Jets game that night. The really shitty second half because he gave up two interceptions. One of them, I think, was a pick six, if I'm not mistaken. But at least he was able to get the Broncos the first win that night. And it was the night that Jerry Judy caught his very first pass as a Denver Bronco. But that Arizona game, uh, the, the Cardinals were just about in the same shithole as the Broncos were in terms of, you know, playoff uh, relevancy. So they really didn't have anything to, to play for. They Losing Kyler Murray the week before against New England was just, uh, you know, the dagger in, in their hearts in terms of, you know, trying to be anything relevant, especially in their division in the NFC uh, West. So not much to talk about in that game. The following week, oh, Jesus Christ, the, the against the Rams, oh, my God. That game was... You know what? For as much shit as Baker Mayfield has gotten over this entire season, whether he was a Brown or when he was a Panther, excuse me, or when he came and he joined the Rams, I mean, I was trying to think, and I was talking to a fellow Broncos Broncos fan about this, I was trying to figure out how much of the fault for that loss was because of playing against Baker Mayfield. And how much of that fault was because the defense was just, it was just a bad day at the offense. I mean, we, at at the office, at the office, whereas the offense, we were kind of expecting that type of performance from the offense because that's the kind of performance we've been getting from them all season. It was just lackluster up to like nobody's business. But it's, it's kind of ironic because it was the last game Nathaniel Hackett got the call as a head coach and throughout the entire season the emotion that we've seen through Nathaniel Hackett was nothing compared to what we saw out on the field now you've heard me say plenty of times on this show throughout the season that even brand new head coaches they showed passion they showed some type of energy especially when they didn't get calls their way they would you know yell and scream and anything short of a miracle of not getting flagged for you know uh, unsportsmanlike conduct or whatever you want to call it but we never got anything like that from Nathaniel Hackett yeah there were a couple of moments where he got into a shouting match with the Revs but it wasn't that type of energy now the interim coach uh Rosberg I believe is I hope I said his name right Rosberg did quite the opposite of what Nathaniel Hackett did and we saw that type of energy from from him and let me just say you know kudos to him for stepping up and you know filling in for the job these last two games that Kansas City game the Broncos should have definitely won they came close but you know uh they're they're on the men (coughs) excuse me they're on the men and they're certainly on the men for the better and going into uh that kansas city game well actually see i'm i'm this in this podcast i'm gonna be all over the place so i do apologize if i'm not being direct or, or concentrating more on or if i concentrate more on another one because my notes do not make sense to me right now <laughs> so i will be jumping all over the place so hopefully i don't lose anybody uh but that 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 rams game uh, it was just, I mean, as a Broncos fan, it, it really, really hurt. Because not, it was Christmas uh, Day. You know, I'm pretty sure there were a lot of people in or some around the world that were waking up to, you know, any gifts that had the Broncos logo or merchandise or whatever on them. I know I would have loved to have woken up to something like that myself. And to have to sit and watch that happen to that to, to this team was just I mean it was un- unbearable to watch and I would have figured that putting in Brett Rippon would at least try to you know a garbage time touchdown or you know try to ease the pain but instead it, it got worse when he threw a pick six and I was like where was the Brett Rippon from a week ago that you know made easy work of the Cardinals you know against McSurley but I guess I guess Baker's not that bad of a backup quarterback, I guess you could say. 
better than McSurley, but uh, better than Brett Rippon? Eh, that's a, I guess that's an argument one can make for another day, right? <laughs> but the less I talk about that game, the, the better. But thankfully, to me, ha- every team is going to have a, a really fucked up game, like a really shitty game. And that was the Broncos' worst game of the season. The defense was just not playing. It's like you couldn't, you wouldn't. If you didn't see the game and you told somebody to score, the first thing out of your mouth would have been like, where did the Broncos play their second and third stringers? Because <laughs> that's exactly how that game felt. Even though when you watch the game, there, there were no second. Or, there were maybe a one or two. I can't remember who was there or not. But let's not forget the Broncos do have, if I'm not mistaken, if not, not the first, the second, but very high number of players into IR. The injury bug has once again bitten the fucking shit out of this team again. So going into that Kansas City game, uh, week 17, uh, <laughs> one of the things that's one of the hardest thing for any team to do is to rattle Patrick Mahomes, but the Broncos, they, they they hung in there and they kept that game pretty close and they kept it pretty interesting. It wasn't a blowout. So the Broncos made the Chiefs work for that win. Thankfully, it wasn't like the first meeting where the Chiefs were up 20, put up 27 points in the first half and it looked like it was about to be a runaway when the Broncos came storming right back. So I would say to the Kansas City Chiefs that, you know, to, to, you know, be on the lookout because while this was a very, very, very disappointing year for the Broncos, it nothing went exactly as planned. But the Broncos are on the mend and they're going to make a comeback. And when that does happen, whew, you better believe that pendulum is going to swing and it's going to smack Kansas City. Uh, I was going to say Oakland, <laughs> Las Vegas and the Los Angeles Chargers right in the kisser. And gonna swing that momentum of the division back to the orange and blue. That is our Denver Broncos. Now, Chargers, second meeting, thankfully, was a win. And this win was big for our Denver Broncos, just for the sole reason that they needed to end this season on a high note. Everything that you could have pictured to have gone wrong going into week one damn near happened the head coaching was not a success it was terrible where it was so bad that it cost the head coach his job and if i'm not mistaken only other only one other head coach so far as of this recording in their first year got fired and that was lovey smith and there's been a lot of speculation as to why excuse me as to why lovey smith got fired uh (laughs) <laughs> but uh, there's a rumor going, not to get off topic, but there's a rumor going around that uh, Lovey Smith already knew that he was going to get fired. So he intentionally won the game for Houston. So Houston would fall to the number two spot and the Chicago Bears would jump up to number one after they lost their game to Minnesota and got swept. But that's <laughs> that's a story for a, a, a different day. And we will talk about that in further detail later on in the show during the offseason because there's going to be a lot of off offside Broncos stuff that uh, I will get into this year you know obviously to fill in uh, bef- until we get to free agency uh, you know that that's that period between the Super Bowl and uh, I guess you can say uh, the draft it's pretty kind of like in terms of you know there's nothing really football relating ish going on maybe free agency uh when that's official so we gotta enjoy these coming weeks of football that we have left because right after the super bowl ends folks it's gonna be just like uh and then you start seeing the counter on social media you know x amount of days until kickoff oh excuse me whoo and it, it September can't get here fast enough. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Uh, but yeah, the, the thing that I will say that was pretty brave 
from the Chargers is the fact that they started most of their starters. I don't think I didn't see their roster going into that game, but I don't think they sat any of their starters. I think they kept most of them, if not all of them, in the game, at least in the first half. I know Justin Herbert played uh, more time than a lot of Chargers fans would have liked to have seen. Uh, same thing with Keenan Allen and um, and Mike Williams. And I'm pretty sure that, and, and I did see some uh, on social media, a lot of Chargers fans were pissed because, you know, Keenan Allen, I think, he didn't get seriously hurt, but he did get injured, and so did uh, uh, Williams. Justin Herbert's number two, two uh, you know, his, his number one, his number two wide receivers. And they really didn't need to beat Denver. This was a meaningless game for both teams. The Denver was already eliminated from the playoffs, and... The Chargers were already locked into their seed, so whether they won or they lost, they, it didn't affect them at all. So the fact that Chase Daniels didn't start this game and he had to come in, what was it, almost towards the fourth or and like close to the end of the third around there, uh, was a bit damning. And it almost made you feel like Brad's, Brandon Staley had, a, had an axe to grind with Denver, you know, seeing as how he was part of the uh, Broncos staff before he became the head coach in uh, Los Angeles. But if you do, if you remember correctly, well, the last time the Chargers played the Jacksonville Jaguars early in the season, the Jaguars smoked them. And this was when the Chargers had most of their players, including, I think, Joey Bosa. Uh, and it was a, it was a shellacking. I think, I think the, the Jaguars put up over 30, close to 40 points, if I'm not mistaken. And Justin Herbert just looked... He looked mortal in, in terms. So the Chargers cannot afford to walk into, uh, I think they're playing in Jacksonville. Or uh, I, I I don't know if they're playing at home or not. I can't, I don't have the, the walk card schedule in front of me. But, I mean, it, it really didn't matter. The, the Jaguars were on the road and they, they walloped the, the, the Chargers. So... But they kept the Broncos at bay. And in a way, I'm kind of glad because, you know, as as Broncos fans, we don't want to see the Chargers or the Raiders. The Ra- I'm sorry, the Raiders are eliminated already. The Chiefs win a damn thing. And I know that that makes me sound bitter just because of the fact that my team didn't make it. But if you guys saw Sunday Night Football last night, the Lions were eliminated because Seattle won and they could have easily just you know, not have to have gone in there and played as hard as they did and let Green Bay beat them and, you know, Green Bay would have advanced, but they said, no, fuck that. If we don't go, you don't go. And they dragged them down with them and they sent the Seahawks into the playoffs. And I wouldn't say, I know Seahawks fans are happy, but I wouldn't say they did them any favors because they're going up against the 49ers, a team that's one of the favorites to win and a team that's already beaten them twice in the regular season but the regular season and the postseason are two different beasts so either way uh good luck to both of those teams and uh but yeah uh so they they, it was just kind of like uh even though the broncos didn't do anything to affect the chargers seeding placement or or whatever i think that sending them back to los angeles with a loss was it, it did a lot for that for that Chargers team in terms of morality because I think that the Chargers what they were trying to do was kind of like what the Cowboys were trying to do against Washington where they were just trying to get a win out of morality except that the, the Cowboys failed miserably and they lost that game uh, to the Commanders whereas the Broncos played one of their best if not the best game offensively uh, with the just having that Raiders game come come a close second of the season. Now I I, I will say that uh, I, let me and let me just be frank with this. I do not. I am not a professional. Uh, well, I want to say I want to say podcaster, but I guess you can say podcaster. But I am not a professional analyst. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you who is going to be the best suit for head coach. And honestly, I don't think anybody knows who 
will could be the best one there's a lot of people who have their opinions like i do and whether they're professional analysts or podcasters or whatnot you're going to be hearing a lot of names these next coming days or weeks i should say so who you get your information from and who you decide to align your allegiance to is totally up to you but keep in mind that while a lot of people did not have nathaniel hackett as a favorite choice last year when he was selected it was kind of like it was kind of like just the people went along with it because they just got tired of dealing with fangio and they wanted anybody almost anybody i should say to come and replace vic fangio but after this season there's a lot of fans and there were a couple people i saw on social media that were like jesus christ can we bring fangio back (laughs) it got that bad so um unfortunately uh that's that's just how things went so i'm not here to tell you who is going to be the best suited replacement for nathaniel hackett but what i can tell you is that whoever does come in to run this team whether it's sean payton or uh jim harbaugh or uh what's another name on it D'Amico ryans or dan quinn or uh, it was another name can't remember off the top of my head but whoever it is they are gonna have a tall task and a tall mountain to climb because everybody's seen the exact same thing we saw and it's kind of like where do you want to go from here type of situation now we saw what russell wilson looked these last two games without nathaniel hackett and in those two games russell wilson looked more comfortable in terms of running the offense that was that was given to him in those two weeks versus the first 15 weeks with nathaniel hackett so and and i've been seeing this on twitter a lot and it's actually ringing more and more sense the more i see it and hear it and, and say it and that's that head you know coaching matters and it matters big time so it doesn't matter if you're a veteran quarterback like russell wilson or if you're just this is your first year or your second year like justin fields or what have you if you don't have the right coaching staff especially head coach it affects your gameplay tremendously and we as broncos fans we kind of got lost in all the hype and it wasn't until we heard it from other people that were kind of telling us like and i'll be the first to, to, to admit it i have friends that that were telling me going into the season that you know maybe you know hey calm your horses and you know maybe it's going to take some time for things to work out it might not all be you know touchdowns and, and rainbows and such but i was so high on my horse i was just like nah fuck that shit you know let's ride Woo-hoo, go russell wilson number three <laughs> so, <coughs> oh, man so and that's just how it was and i was sadly disappointed thankfully my my friend didn't rub it in my face all as much as i thought he was a couple of jabs here and there but i can't say i didn't deserve them for all the shit that i was talking during the offseason so but anywho the head coaching job while it might not be as um as desired i would say as last year when everybody knew that big fangio was going to be gone and all this and the russell wilson trade happened before uh or, or not before after i'm saying nathaniel hackett was named if i'm not mistaken so all that stuff happened all together now i will say that george payton will be on the hot and i think he is on the hot seat because uh one of the owners uh, greg penner has kind of been making all the decisions and kind of going over I don't know if he's going over George Payton's head or if he's just saying, hey, I need you to, to back me up on this type of thing. But it kind of seems like that's, that's that's what's been going on because, you know, George Payton has some egg on his face because of the Nathaniel Hackett hiring and not being able to get Aaron Rodgers uh, to come with Nathaniel because of Nathaniel Hackett or with Nathaniel Hackett or whatever you, you want to spin it. And then, you know, Russ, landing Russell Wilson was supposed to be kind of like a consolation prize. And it turned out to be more of a, 
turned out to be more of a dud. So, oh, excuse me. Whew. Uh, so it turned out to be more of a dud, and it it, it just wasn't. It, it didn't work. It wasn't meant to be. Oil and water didn't mix. Fine. Totally get that. Now. Sorry, I took some medicine before I started recording, and it's kind of taking effect. But now I, I will say that coming in, the next head coach has to realize that what he's inheriting is an offense that desperately needs repair. The defense, not so much, unless Ajiro. I'm sorry, I can never say his name. Ajiro Evero. Just gonna say, coach, unless. Unless Evero leaves, which could be a possibility because we all know when a new head coach comes in, they mostly replay, uh, replace most of the staff, if not the entire thing. So <coughs> um, it's it, it's just going to be it, – it, the defense could regress, and I, I predicted last year that this – last year or for this – for the 2022 season, I thought that the defense was going to take one step backwards, maybe a big step backwards. But I was wrong on that. The defense, up in the, with the exception of one game against the Rams, played exceptional all all of the season. Justin Simmons has just been fan fucking fantastic. I mean, the, the man. <sighs> I feel he deserves a, a defensive player award of the year just for how amazing he's played. And uh, Kareem Jackson is I I, th- I think he. I think he should be done as a Denver Bronco. I know I, I did read a couple of articles and, and comments he made after the game that he, he hopes to stay or play one more season in Denver. I appreciate his heart, but unfortunately, uh, I, I do think it's time that the Broncos move on and find a suitable replacement uh, for Kareem Jackson. One of the building blocks that I think the that the Broncos have to deal with and one of the... Uh, Another, I guess you could probably say another egg on George Payton's face was uh, the contract they gave to Ronald Darby. Uh, I, I believe it was a three, four-year contract. He should be going into close to the end of it. And so far, Ronald Darby has not really lived up to it. He's been injured more than he's actually been playing, if I'm not uh, mistaken. And the Randy Gregory signing, as as great as a, uh, as Randy Gregory could be, I know it's not his fault he got injured, but at the same time, that's a lot of money that uh, that the Broncos paid to bring him to Denver, and we just—I I don't feel that the Broncos got their their money's worth for that. And I don't know what happened. Somebody may have exaggerated the injury because we were told that Randy Gregory would come back sometime before after the Titans game. And he didn't come back until, what, uh, I think against the, 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 the Cardinals or the Rams game, somewhere around there. And then I don't know if he got hurt again or if they just decided just to deactivate him. Uh, just for the simple fact that the Broncos weren't in playoff contention anymore and there was really no, no need to, to play him. But the pass rush since Bradley Chubb got traded was took a, a definite step backward. You know, not having Randy Gregory out there. Uh, Nick Bonito has not lived up to his, his draft. Uh, I don't know if you want to say hype, but, you know, there was a lot of weight put on his shoulders from him coming in as a second-round pick, but I, I feel he could do better. So, uh, and, and Jonathan Cooper did have uh, a couple flashes here and there, and, and there's one other person I'm forgetting, and I can't remember his name, and he'll come to mind. He'll, he'll come. A uh, Baron Browning. Thank you. Baron Browning, who's been a, a real flash in the pan in terms of, uh, well, explosive and a surprise playing a linebacker instead of his, uh, a normal position has been has been great. But unfortunately, he has also been sidelined to, to injuries. Not as bad and as long as, as uh, Randy Gregory, but still. So the Broncos defense has to re- uh, realign or readjust or reconfigure or just fix 
the pass rush and make it try to get as close to as what how formidable it was when you know it was Von Miller and Bradley Chubb at the just at the at the helm or at the end and uh, you know make make that Broncos defense pass rush great again (laughs) Uh, but this this back to the head coaching thing it's just gonna be crazy and, and what I mean by crazy is like the only one I that's probably going to be the hardest for the Broncos to get in my honest opinion is Sean Payton <clears throat> just for the simple fact that Sean Payton is still under contract with the Saints if for those of you that didn't know and if the Broncos do want to acquire Sean Payton services and Sean Payton does agree to come to Denver to be the head coach the Broncos would have to give up some type of compensation for him and I believe the Saints are asking for uh, a first-round pick. So the Broncos would have to give up the first-round pick they got from Miami in the Bradley Chubb trade to to land Sean Payton if that's who they want. Versus if Dan Quinn and the Cowboys get bounced in the first round and Dan Quinn doesn't get offered the job as a head coach of the Cowboys and McCarthy gets fired, and Dan Quinn decides to test the, the market and try to be a head coach again, then the Broncos could be suitors. I mean, there's a lot of directions that the Broncos could be going in terms of a new head coaching search. Uh, but I, I will say that while Nathaniel Hackett did have his faults, it, it kind of hurts to see this happen to this team because one thing you don't want any team to do especially uh, your favorite team is to fire somebody after one season because it just makes it look bad especially when the team did all the supposed research and you know when they hired him all the hype and all the praise and all that stuff and then when they don't get a second year it, it just it just you know talk I know I, I keep saying the words egg on their face but this was like a huge, huge egg on the Broncos' face in terms of uh, not being able to acquire uh, another more, I don't know if you can say more deserving candidate or a better candidate or whatever you want to say. And the Broncos just settled for Nathaniel Hackett. Not just because Nathaniel, not so much because Nathaniel Hackett uh, was an offensive-minded person, but just for the fact that the Broncos thinking that if they brought over Nathaniel Hackett, that he would be somehow able to convince Aaron Rodgers to jump ship and come to Denver. And the ironic thing is that it, I guess in the end, it didn't matter because Aaron Rodgers didn't go to the playoffs anyway. <laughs> so if he would have came to Denver, he probably wouldn't have went to the playoffs and thinking he'd stay in green Bay and be a big fish in a small pond, which is great for him. But it, it didn't do him any good because he didn't go anywhere. <laughs> so uh, there is that. And there's there's going to be a lot of questions that are going to be asked about uh, the Broncos this season or this, this offseason. And that's kind of like what to do with all these Broncos that are going to be, you know, unrestricted free agents or who to re-sign, who to reconstruct. And the fact that the Broncos don't have a head coach at the moment kind of puts a lot of those guys' futures in limbo. And I think what the Broncos are trying to do is to try to fill that head coaching position before free agency starts Uh, because what they don't want to do is they don't want to have – really good players you know leave uh and then but on the other on the other side of that it could be a new head coach comes in before that and they decide that whoever we think are good players that the head coach doesn't think so and then they end up getting cut or or they leave the team anyway or whatever so they can go either way but I'll, i'll say this it is good to once again see some type of leadership in, in in terms of the owners. And we haven't really seen any of that since the, since Pat Bowen, uh, before he got sick. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to no longer uh, be and, and run the team. 
and then the entire issues with the Bolden family with, you know, ownership and who's this and who's that. And then the Broncos just got lost in a tailspin because it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, it, it almost seemed like Joe Ellis was the, the last, you know, the, the top dog or whatever. But we hardly ever heard from Joe Ellis, Joe Ellis unless some shit hit the fan. Then he would have to come out and make a public statement. But there was never any person who would take charge like uh, like like Penner has. Like, uh, as, as most of you guys know, he spent uh, $400,000 just redoing the uh, the field at Empower High, even though it was for one game, but it actually looked a lot better. And I wasn't even there, but from the pictures and from what I saw on TV, the field actually does look better, even if it was just for one game. So it was great to see uh, the owner stepping up and just trying to, to, to right the ship. In, in other words, I know firing the head coach was not something that they wanted to probably do just for the simple fact that, well, I, I don't even want to say because they didn't want to become a laughing stock. The Broncos were already a laughing stock uh, by midseason. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many memes I got tagged in or seen about Russell Wilson burning shit down or, or not cooking or the dangerous sandwich. or uh, And right now, the, the biggest heat on Russell Wilson is the fact that he got his own private office and like two two or three private parking spaces or whatever which look i'll be honest with you i don't really give a shit about any of that because i would be a hypocrite if i told you i did because if the shoe were on the other foot and the broncos weren't one of the worst teams and they were in the playoffs and they were a super bowl bound team then nobody would give a damn about Russell Wilson having an office or a two parking space or whatever. Hell, we all thought it was cool when we saw them at training camp and Russell Wilson pulled up in that big ass fucking truck that looked like it took up two spaces. I know I wasn't the only one. So that's why for me, I don't give a damn. If, if that shit helps him make him a better player, then so be it. Or if that's what was one of the things that Russell Wilson requested to come to Denver and the Broncos office gave it to him, then so be it. But do you really want, do you really think, and I know, and I'm only saying this because I heard Shannon Sharp on Undisputed talk about it, where he said the new head coach needs to come in and take away Russell Wilson's office and Russell Wilson's parking spaces, which I'm pretty sure the head coach or the ownership can do. But is that really what's going to turn the offense around? Is that what's really going to make Russell Wilson become a better player or become the better player that we expect him to be like we saw in Seattle and not so much the regression that we've been seeing these last few games. I honestly don't think so. I think it would more than anything tick Russell Wilson off and you probably don't want to piss off the one player who touches the ball more than any other person on your team. But that's neither here nor there. That's totally up to the head coach, the new head coach and management. But I'm pretty sure if that actually does happen and there's going to be uh, like trouble before training camp even starts. And that's the last thing that the Broncos really need. If they don't need any more drama going into training camp, need a head coach who's going to bring this team together and start to fix what's broken. And speaking about fixing what's broken, one of the biggest issues I had with Nathaniel Hackett was the fact that he fired Mike Munchak and he brought this, I'm sorry, I'm going to say he's an idiot. What was his name? Butch Berry or something Berry. I'm pretty sure it was Butch Berry. But the offensive line was complete shit. And <laughs> Garrett Bowles, I know I've already apologized to Garrett Bowles for giving him a lot of shit before he got his contract extension his new contract deal when he played one of his best seasons as a Bronco but seeing that left side without him just made you really really appreciate how good Garrett Bowles is as, Garrett Bowles is as his job at his job and even when he dives and he can't make the tackle when the ball gets intercepted at least a man tries <laughs> I just saw that, that gif on my phone earlier today and that shit made me laugh because I totally forgotten about it um, but if we can have another player like Garrett Bowl, Bowl, Bowles on the opposite side and 
I know there's going to be a lot of talk about uh, bringing back Dalton Reisner. I think he's a, a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but whatever it is that needs to be done, I do hope that the new head coach brings back Mike Munchak because Mike Munchak did a fantastic job with that offensive line. And even with, even if he would have stayed and he would have had to deal with, you know, using backups, I think he would have done a better job in terms of trying to find schemes that better suit the offense that the Broncos were trying to run. Instead of just throwing random people out there and say, hey, let's just throw this shit out there, see what sticks, see what works. And that's exactly what I felt Butch Berry was doing. He was just doing, throwing players out there, not trying to figure out who has chemistry with what and who works better with who. And Russell Wilson had one of his worst seasons in terms of, you know, running for his life. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I read a stat that said he was sacked 55 times. So, that's that's crazy. And I think that's probably more times in one season that he's ever been sacked. And I could be wrong, but uh, that's either way, that's a number that's uh, just astronomical. So... With that being said, guys, uh, I am going to have to cut this podcast a little bit short, shorter than usual. I know I do say that every week, but <laughs> unfortunately, I don't have the I'm not at full back at full strength yet. So I am working my way up next week's episode is definitely going to be uh, better when I'm not struggling to cough or breathe or talk or whatever because I haven't actually talked this long in a couple days and I'm what I'm looking at my clock right now I'm 41 minutes in and I felt like I ran for <laughs> for a while but before we go uh, as I said earlier today well <clears throat> yesterday yesterday was my birthday I turned 38 years old and I was actually going to record, but uh, I had to go to work and I didn't get a chance. So I spent most of my birthday at work and it just dawned on me while I was watching Sunday Night Football uh, on my phone or hearing it while I was working. And like, I, I didn't realize it. Yeah, this was 100 episodes. So... This is the 100th episode of Broncos Talk. And I guess I wanted to spend the the last part of the show in terms of uh, like what my mindset was when I started this program. Now, obviously, I started this program in 2020 when the pandemic happened. And at this point in time, I don't need to, to, to tell you what life was like two years ago. And we were all basically doing the same thing. If we weren't all playing video games or we were all streaming videos on Netflix or the farthest we could go was like outside of in either in front of our back house in our yards or if we went to the store, you had to wear a mask and all that stuff. So it was very limited on what you could do. So I decided to start a podcast and, you know, talk about my favorite team, which is the Denver Broncos, because one of my concerns was I thought that we weren't going to have uh, a football season. I thought that in case of the possibility that, you know, maybe the NFL doesn't get clearance from uh, from the government to, you know, operate, even though they weren't going to have any, any crowds for that 2020 season, that maybe they weren't going to be able to, uh, you know, to have a season and that they were going to have to cancel it for a year. So I thought I would spend the time just, you know, talking about football. And that was basically my, my, my idea going forward. And then I, I looked online and I bought a microphone and this microphone arm and uh, this, this camera that I'm looking at right now. It's not on, but, uh, <laughs> and then I met uh, the guys at MHRT. I met Mundungus. We met on, on another uh, at Mahai Huddle, I met uh, Glenn, and uh, we we became friends, and that's when uh, the talks about starting a, a podcast. Uh, well, I, actually, I was approached by Mike and and, and Glenn, 
and they asked me if I wanted to join them in the creation of MHRT, and I was more than happy. I was more than happy to. And then uh, Mike gave me a shot uh, bringing uh, Broncos Talk, which I had only done a couple of episodes of before uh, I joined MHRT. And it was all audio before. So if you go back and you listen to the first couple of episodes, they were all audio with me in front of a shitty mic. And I actually have a funny story about that shitty mic that I'll I'll talk about in a minute. But I just wanted, before I, I talk about that, I just want to say thanks to, uh, you, you know, I, I know I said this already, but I'm going to say it again. Let's say thanks to Mike and Glenn and Boggins and everybody at MHRT for giving me the, the shot for letting Broncos Talk be on the network for as long as it did. And for getting to meet some of you guys that have uh, still listened to me, uh, you know, I'm always thankful as always. I tell you guys almost every damn day, you probably get sick of hearing it. <laughs> uh, but... And I also like, I want to thank Richie. If you guys haven't heard or done so already, please go check out his podcast, the Wild Wild West podcast. Great conversation with uh, one member of each of the the, uh, rival teams, one Chargers, one Chiefs, one Raiders. And it, it was great. I had a fantastic time. I had such wonderful conversations with Richie. Our Ask a Fan segment was just fantastic. Getting to talk to great fans from around the league. Uh... And I, I really do miss uh, doing a podcast with, with Rich. But I, I really do and did enjoy my my time and working with him. So part of the Broncos Talk success, aside from my affiliation with MHRT, also uh, falls with my time spent with Rich. So Rich, I don't know if you listen to this podcast or not. If you do, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you. For helping me get to 100 episodes and I, I I don't know man I, I don't know what else to say I'm, I'm at a loss for words but thank you so much for being a big part of this show and uh, the, the funny story about the mic is I don't know if I told this or, or not but uh, when we before we started doing MHRT and I don't know if they still do this but before we go live we always do uh, Mike does an audio check you know where we log on and we you know we check our, our mic and camera make sure everything's working before we go live and when when i joined uh when i when i joined up with them mike's like hey man your your mic sounds like shit i was like yeah man i don't know what the hell's going on and you know i'm like i got uh, uh i got this mic i bought it I, i'm thinking about returning because i don't think it works and mike's like did you plug it in I was like yeah and then he's like does your webcam have a mic and I was like, I don't know. I just bought it, but I never actually read the instructions. And I looked at the, the mic, and I'm like, I don't see a word that says mic. And then he's like, do me a favor. Just unplug your, your USB mic and just plug it back in. And, and sure enough, I unplugged it, and I plugged it back in. Worked like a charm. So <laughs> what happened was, for those first couple of episodes... I thought I was talking into the USB mic, but the whole time I was talking into the webcam mic. I don't know why the computer didn't pick it up. Maybe I was supposed to change it. I don't know. But that's why, (coughs) excuse me, that's why every time, uh, if you go back and hear the first couple of episodes, it sounds like I'm talking from like five feet away from my mic or the the audio was shit. So (laughs) I just thought it was funny and the whole time. I was thinking, I'm sitting here thinking I have to return this fucking mic because it doesn't work. And the whole time, all I had to do was unplug it and replug it and the computer recognized it and it just switched over. So um, just a quick lesson for anybody out there. If you ever buy a new webcam, make sure you turn off. If it comes with a mic, turn off the web mic if you're not using it. And you shouldn't use it because the web mic is pretty shit anyway. And make sure it, your computer recognizes your USB or your XLR mic or whatever mic you're using. So you don't have that issue or that problem. <laughs> so anyway, guys, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Uh, we are going to talk more Broncos in, in the in the coming weeks. I promise you that. Now, I will give my picks before I forget for this Super Bowl. Uh, who I think just to do a quick recap who I think is going to win. Uh, I'm 
sorry, I'm pulling up the results on my phone right now. And okay, so Saturday we have the Seahawks and the 49ers. So I think the, the 49ers are going to beat the Seahawks again. And then we have the Jaguars versus the Chargers. I think the Jaguars are going to beat the Chargers. And then Sunday we got the Bills versus the Dolphins. The Dolphins are really beat up to shit. And they'll be in really big trouble if Tua doesn't play. So I'm going to say the Bills. Uh, Vikings and Giants. I'm going to say the Vikings. I think the Vikings have more momentum going into that game. But the Giants have been one of the most, uh, one of those uh, underdog and Cinderella teams. So they could upset. But I'm going to say Vikings. And then Bengals and Ravens. We just saw the Bengals beat the Ravens. And I don't, I don't really think it matters if they have Lamar Jackson or not. Uh, Cincinnati's just, they're, 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 they're trying to make up for what they didn't get last year. So they're going to be a tough, tough, tough out. And then the Cowboys and the Bucks on Monday, a week from today. <sighs> the Cowboys looked really bad yesterday. And the Buccaneers, you want to talk about the team limping into the playoffs, it's, it's them. So that game could go either way, to be honest with you. But Tom Brady has not lost to the Dallas Cowboys uh, in his career. But then again, they said the same thing yesterday about him not losing to Atlanta. And then even though he got pulled, he finally lost to Atlanta. So... Um, I'm going to say the Bucks win that game, but just for the fact, not so much because the Buccaneers are the better team, but the Cowboys have been playing, have been losing these games because the offense has been shooting themselves in the foot and putting the defense in not precarious positions. So if the Cowboys do lose that game, which I predict them to do, it'll be because Dak Prescott does not play up the par. He plays a really shitty game and the Buck and the Cowboys defense will not be able to save them as much as they've been trying to save them for this past uh this current season so we'll talk about that on the next episode in a week's time i hope to be feeling a whole lot better (laughs) so i don't sound out of breath or breathing or sighing so i do apologize for those uh interruptions during today's segment but like i said guys if you want to follow me on twitter please hit me up at a six foot ten max skin give me a follow i'm always down to talk football for any business inquiries uh hit me up at broncos talk 2020 at gmail.com Please make sure you continue to support all Broncos media uh, outlets, articles, all that good stuff. There's a lot, lots, lots, and lots of stuff to talk about this offseason. So make sure you guys stay up to date. Make sure you stay up to par. Once again, guys, thank you guys so much for 100 episodes. And whether you've been with me since day one or this is the first podcast you're listening to, it doesn't matter. I thank you guys for all your support. Guys, it's been a tough season. We all deserve a little break. I know this Broncos team deserves some some rest, even though they didn't play like they deserve it. But there's they were a couple of good good moments, and there are some players that actually do deserve a good rest. But hopefully, let's keep our fingers crossed that this offseason goes better and we don't fall into the hype again. But again, we say that every year. We're under, more than likely it's going to happen again. Well, let's hope for a better 2023, okay? Let's just put it at that. So, guys, that being said, have a good night. Stay alive. I don't know why I said stay alive. (laughs) Stay cool and have a good night, good day. And as always, go Broncos!